it's a very clandestine crime in its in you know in its entirety. Typically, the the Jeffrey Epstein case um, was because of his connections to you know wealthy businessmen around the globe. R. Kelly because of his popularity. But you know there are other traffickers who are out there that are not getting the spotlight like they are. They're getting it because they're famous. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to our third episode of our Let's Talk About It series. I'm Roxanne, and if you are new here, our Let's Talk About It series is when we delve into the topic of modern-day slavery and human trafficking. Today, we are speaking with one of our experts here at Hope for Justice, our U.S. team leader, Richard Schoberl. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate the opportunity to come in and explain a little bit about what we do. Uh, as a U.S. team leader, um, I manage our investigative hubs across uh, the United States. Um, our investigative hubs are made up of individuals who are retired law enforcement, um, who are licensed private investigators. We work hand-in-hand -hand with law enforcement and those communities that intersect with trafficking victims, such as your healthcare, um, your educational, your financial institutions, to uh, not only work investigations, but provide training so that they know how to recognize uh, the signs of what human trafficking is, which we know the identification later leads to rescues and investigations for us to save more people. Wow, that is amazing. So throughout your career, how has human trafficking changed? You know, investigations themselves have changed drastically, but human trafficking most certainly has has expanded. I mean, it's a $150 billion a year business. So we know that these criminals that are out there working know that they can only sell a drug one time, but they can resell that little girl, that little boy, that man, that woman over and over and over again, and they're a reusable commodity. But <clears throat> here more recently, we're starting to see human trafficking gravitate from more of a physical sense uh, to an online presence. Um, people can actually be trafficked without even the trafficker having a physical presence on them. That's why it's so important right now when we look at online exploitation, uh, sextortion, and, and all of the advent of the new apps that will probably be developed by the end of our conversation today. Right. So for those listening, can you kind of explain what online exploitation is and what online grooming is and how that contributes to the massive issue of human trafficking? You know, COVID kind of put this into like a tailspin. It was almost like a steroid shot. You know, kids spend more and more time online than, than ever before, certainly, you know, before, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And over the past few years, um, we saw COVID pull the kids out of school and put them into an online position where, you know, now they're online most of the time 90 plus percent of the of the day and these traffickers realize that these individuals are online and it's like shooting fish in a barrel for them they don't have to go to malls to look for them they don't have to go to schools to look for them or runaway centers they can actually just go out to these different chat rooms and they profile their victims they'll go out there and they'll look at these chat rooms they'll look for those individuals who are most vulnerable those who are insecure those who might be um, suffering from like a loss or an illness uh, or sad or whatever and then they'll take that situation and then they'll manipulate that and when they manipulate that situation, they'll start grooming that young person and they'll start talking to them online. And, uh, you know, I'd interviewed a trafficker one time in this research study that I was doing and he had told me, he said, Rich, basically what I do is I take a scripted uh, chat and I put it into a chat box and I'll send it out to about 100 different people. And before COVID, I would probably get a 20% response. And now I'm getting an, an upward of 70 to 80% response. These kids are at home. They want attention. Uh, they're 
lonely, their parents are working from home, uh, they're away from their friends, they're away from family, so they're isolated. Uh, <clears throat> and so these are the ones that we're engaging uh, online. And statistics shows that 55% of trafficking victims uh, met their trafficker online before uh, they met him in person. Wow, that's a jarring statistic. Mm -hmm. And everybody does need to take that in and implement safety measures in their homes because it's only a growing issue. Yep, certainly. And I think that, you know, when we look at, you know, uh, a lot of parents will ask me, they're like, oh, I'm just going to go delete uh, my, all these apps on my child's phone. And I'm like, you don't have to go that far with being, you know, paranoid. But the fact is, is you do need to be aware of what those apps are and know that traffickers or uh, those looking to exploit children are are using those apps to engage with these children and you know particularly when we're starting to look at the the new uh, evolution of what we call VR technology the virtual reality and over the this past few weeks um, there was an investigation that we worked where a mother had contacted us and told us about her daughter who was 12 had met uh, an individual who told her he was 14 and uh, on uh, VR quest and that uh, in, in, a, in a room that VR quest game went to another virtual reality game which then led to them communicating on snapchat which then led them to text messages and telephone calls and a long story short her daughter was not communicating with a 14 year old boy she was actually communicating with a 44 year old man uh, and this person had a criminal history in, in his background so a lot of times educating the youth as to the dangers of what lies out there because you know when you think about it our teenagers are vulnerable you know hence why they're under the age of 18 and they're called adolescents and they can't give consent because they're in that vulnerable state right definitely so we're going to do a little bit of a topic change so on the topic of human trafficking, a lot of people have questions about the border. Can you speak on the border crisis and how this could also be contributing to the rising human trafficking cases? Yes, absolutely. You know, there are certainly different um, avenues that feed what we call the trafficking funnel. Um, and, and certainly the border is going to be a huge concern for us. You know, statistically, we know that a majority of human trafficking victims uh, in the U.S. are U.S. citizens. However, will that statistic change? Yes, it has to. Uh, based on the sheer number that we're starting to see come across the border. And it's not an immigration debate, it's a vulnerability debate. These individuals who uh, originally might be smuggled here, and there's a huge difference between smuggling and trafficking, and that smuggling is voluntary and trafficking isn't. But these individuals will voluntarily pay someone five to $10,000 to smuggle them across the border. And then once they get here, they are in that debt bondage, that most vulnerable state where now they owe that trafficker, that person who's smuggled them uh, five to ten thousand dollars how now are they going to pay that well <clears throat> they're here in the US they don't know the laws they don't know that there are victim services there are resources that are available to them um, they also are, are unaware of uh, most of them unaware how to speak the language so how are they communicating with people and they were pulled here to the US for economic opportunity and they were pushed out of their country from poverty violence gangs drugs etc so they're here for that economic opportunity a lot of them will be labor traffic because regardless of whether they're paid or not paid, they're not paid the wage they should be getting paid. And then that wage that they do get paid, the trafficker takes it from them because they owe that debt bondage. And the U.S., uh, law enforcement in particular, doesn't know they're even here. So how do you look for what we call a ghost? Because we don't even know that they're here in this country being exploited.
So one of the things that traffickers do is they exploit those that are most vulnerable. Um, and we also need to understand that you know it is a business. It's a hundred fifty billion dollar a year business. So the traffickers are not bringing in people from around the globe because that's a transportation cost. So what they're doing is they are looking at those who are currently already here, and they are utilizing them to traffic. So when we look at it, we look at uh, the the Department of State um, trafficking in persons report clearly states that the most people who are trafficked within the United States are those who are from Central America, South America, Mexico, and current U.S. citizens. That's the demographic, male, female. But when we, we look at that and, d and do a deep dive into that, those individuals are coming here already under debt bondage, already being the most vulnerable. So people's funnel that puts them into a trafficking situation, that, that pathway to victimization, is a different turn for each person that's involved in it. Some are pushed into this uh, trafficking funnel through the abuse of drugs and alcohol. Some are pushed because they're runaways or homeless, uh, you know, and resort to what we call survival sex on the street. Some are here because they owe a debt bondage and they're having to pay that off and it funnels in there. Every trafficking situation is unique. Uh, they're not homogenous. And that's what pushes them into that. And they can just never get out of it. Wow. So what are the common misconceptions about the profile of a trafficker, especially with cases like Jeffrey Epstein and R. Kelly coming up? Um, what are your thoughts on those sorts of cases? You know, I think it's it's difficult to, to profile an individual trafficker um, because they do take all shapes and sizes. Um, you know, when, when we look at that, you know, as mentioned earlier, trafficking victims don't walk around with a t-shirt on that says, I'm a trafficking victim, and nor do traffickers. You know, these individuals um, exploit people, young or old, right, and they exploit them for money. And, you know, so when we look at those, those are just the cases that actually took high profile because of the positions those individuals are in. Um, it's a very clandestine crime in its, in, you know, in its entirety. So we're not necessarily seeing all of these cases pushed to the forefront uh, in, in regards to this. Typically, the, the Jeffrey Epstein case um, was because of his connections to you know wealthy businessmen around the globe. R. Kelly because of his popularity. But you know there are other traffickers who are out there that are not getting the spotlight like they are. They're getting it because they're famous. Wow. So for anybody listening and wants to help, what can the average person do to get involved in the fight against human trafficking? And before we get there, actually, can you speak to the problem around the globe and how it is the worst it's ever been, and just sort of speak there. You know, particularly in the United States, we eradicated slavery 150 years ago, but at no point in history is there have we ever had more people um, as modern-day slaves than we do right now uh, across the globe. Um, in the United States, and I'll tell you, well, you can even take this from a global perspective. You know, it, people who are wanting to help, people who are wanting to en get engaged in this, um, you know, the key to this is raising the level of awareness. For so long, we have kind of buried our heads in sand and not talked about this, not talked about this because people think that they're immune to it. They think certain, their neighborhood is immune to it. Oh, it's not happening here. I live in a well-to-do neighborhood. Oh, it's not happening in my backyard. But it is. It's happening in everyone's backyard. So if we want to start with the very simple first step, it's raising the level of awareness because that level of awareness leads to education. 
Okay, and by educating these folks, we will be able to identify more victims. And by identifying these victims, we'll be able to rescue them and then get them the services they need to eventually at least try to make them as whole as possible again. Because we do understand that these victims of trafficking undergo such severe trauma. The rescue of them themselves is just an event of rescuing them. There's a process to get, getting them and making them whole again. So for those listening, to build awareness, would you recommend sharing posts, getting on the email list? How do people get involved and join the fight against human trafficking? Yeah, I certainly think that any time that you want to get behind this movement is stand up for this movement, right? And stand up for this movement by demonstrating that you quintessentially care that people need to know about what's happening from a global perspective, from a national perspective, and from a local perspective. I mean, it's happening in your neighborhood, regardless of, of where you live. So yeah, bring awareness training to your church, to your civic groups. And then once you, you know, I typically find when you educate the civic groups that or your church groups you have such a cross section of the workforce and there are people who are in law enforcement people who are who are in healthcare people who are in banking people who are in education people who are in storefronts and then those people will bring that training back to their workplace and the more people that we educate the more people that are made aware that this is indeed a problem wow and yeah share the social media posts thank you so much for speaking with us today richard this was an amazing conversation, and I hope everybody listening gained some new important insight on this topic. Thank you.